What is up guys? It is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my running back start sits for week 13 of the NFL season, breaking down every single matchup, listing every single fantasy relevant running back as either a start sit or a fringe option. So a confident play, someone you want on your bench or a fringe option would be like your RB3s, potential flex options. You may not love them in your lineup, but they're going to be, you know, semi-suitable to be started. That is why they are on the fringe. As always, if you guys have any fantasy questions, start sits, trade, waiver wire, if you drop them down below, I'll get back to every single person. And let's just jump right into the uh, Thursday night game. We have the Bills taking on the Patriots. I think both of these teams have pretty clear setups here. For the Bills, going to be rolling with Devin Singletary as a start. Despite them drafting James Cook, trading for Naheem Hines, they continue to give Devin Singletary the bulk of the work there. And I think, you know, he's going to be a strong start moving forward. Solid back end, week to week running back to play. On the other side with the Patriots, we have Damian Harris banged up. Not sure if he's going to play in this game. I really don't think it affects anything. If Harris does play, you're not going to be starting him. If Harris, you know, does play, you're still going to be starting Ramondre. I think even with Harris in the lineup, he's probably a top 12 running back week to week. The receiving involvement has been great, and the workload has still been solid, even with Damian Harris healthy. Now, moving over to the Sunday slate, we have the Steelers taking on the Falcons. And for the Steelers, I mean, after watching that uh, Monday night game, this backfield is just all over the place. We had Jalen Warren out with injury. Then we see Najee Harris leave with injury. So right now on the graphic, I just have Najee listed as a start. If Najee's healthy, I do think he's startable here. But if Najee's out, I mean, then it just creates a whole issue if Jalen Warren comes back. It's going to shift everything up. So right now, just going with Najee Harris as a start, sitting Benny Snell, sitting Jalen Warren, and sitting Anthony McFarlane. If, you know, we get some injury updates later on in the week, I will adjust, you know, after we do get that new info. Now, on the other side with the Falcons, I was kind of expecting Cordero Patterson to start to kind of break away in this backfield, similar to what he had done early on in the season. Unfortunately, right now, this is just a 50-50 carry split between Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier. Both guys had 11 carries uh, in their week 12 matchup. I do think Patterson is the better play moving forward. He's on the field more. He gets the edge with his receiving usage. He had a 62% route participation, which is pretty solid at the running back position. So that makes him a fringe option, but he's definitely not going to be like a locked and loaded weekly start unless he can break out of this, you know, split they have on the ground here between him and Tyler Algier. In the next matchup, we have the Broncos taking on the Ravens. Both of these backfields have been pretty gross throughout the season. Starting it off here with the Broncos, I have Latavius Murray as a start, Mike Boone as a sit. So we saw Latavius Murray in the first game without Melvin Gordon. He just really dominated the opportunities, had an 82% snap share, 65% route participation. He had 13 of the 15 running back carries. Now the issue here is with Mike Boone. If Mike Boone returns and you know isn't going to be limited, I do think Latavius Murray probably falls into the fringe category just because I think we can see Mike Boone come in, take some third downs away from Latavius Murray. And it's not like this is a uh, you know great offense to be a part of. So if Murray is now in another split like he was with Melvin Gordon, it's definitely going to make him a uh, less viable option moving forward. But someone who I still think would be in the fringe category if Mike Boone is good to go. On the other side with the Ravens, we had Gus Edwards kind of break away as the clear top back here, obviously with uh, J.K. Dobbins still remaining out. He took 16 of the 19 running back carries. 
he's going to have basically no week-to-week receiving work. We know that. It's kind of just a uh, Ravens backfield thing. But I do think he will be a strong weekly running back three play, potential flex option. You're basically just banking on him getting into the end zone. So I have Gus Edwards here in the fringe and then uh, sitting the RB2 and RB3, Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill. Now looking at a divisional matchup between the Packers and the Bears, For the Packers, I mean, Aaron Jones locked and loaded a weekly start. Not exactly sure what's going on at the quarterback position. It seems like if Rodgers is healthy enough to play, he will continue to give it a go. I don't know if it affects these running backs a whole ton, but I do think Aaron Jones, strong start regardless. Now, A.J. Dillon is someone who I considered as a fringe option. He's coming off of his best game in a very, very long time. And I do think this is a pretty solid matchup here against the Bears. I still just, you know, don't necessarily trust AJ Dillon, even in a plus matchup. I'm not super positive that the workload is going to be there. We see Aaron Jones get the valuable touches, the receiving work. Aaron Jones has been proven to be more of a touchdown threat compared to AJ Dillon, who has really struggled to get into the end zone. So he's going to be a sit. I will say he is knocking on the door of being a fringe start. So if you are semi excited about starting AJ Dillon, I wouldn't you know, feel too bad about him being listed as a sit here because you could make a decently strong argument that he would be startable this week. On the other side with the Bears, not sure what's going to be uh, up here with Justin Fields. I think regardless with the workload that David Montgomery is receiving, the overall usage, um, the volume, I think he's going to be a strong start moving forward. He's probably not going to have the efficiency or the touchdown upside, but still someone who is definitely going to be startable as like a mid-tier running back to play. In the Jaguars-Lions matchup here, for the Jaguars, I have Travis Etienne listed as a start. It looks like uh, Travis Etienne obviously left the uh, Week 12 game with a foot injury. Apparently, he was basically cleared to go back in, and they were basically like, all right, like right, let's not push it. Let's just hold him out to make sure you know he's not going to risk further injury. So that would lead me to believe that he will be good to go in this game. If Etienne plays, he's a locked and loaded start, a great matchup here against the Lions, and he should continue to produce as a locked-in running back one. Now, if Etienne somehow misses, I think Jermichael Hasty will be a very strong start this week. Don't think we're going to get to that point, but just throwing it out there, Hasty would be a great play if Etienne is out. Now, for the Lions, I feel like we got to you know go in depth on this backfield every single week. I have Jamal Williams as a start. He once again dominated the carries. 18 carries, 66 rushing yards, got into the end zone again. Dude just continues to score touchdowns. DeAndre Swift is the guy people normally want to hear about, drafted very highly. So he actually had five carries and seven targets, which I think if you told me like Swift had that workload, you would probably feel pretty decent about throwing him in as a fringe option. The problem is like that seven target number would probably lead you to believe that he was super involved or not super involved. He was involved as a pass catcher, but that he was running a crazy amount of routes. The route participation was great. And that really just wasn't the case. He actually only ran 14 routes, so pretty on par with what he's been doing over the last few weeks. And so he ended up being targeted on like 50% of his routes, which, you know, I guess is good in terms of commanding targets, but that's wildly unsustainable moving forward. We also had Justin Jackson right behind him with 11 routes run. So Swift still in this weird spot, maybe injured, maybe just out of the fold but someone who I still do not feel comfortable starting on a week-to-week basis. So sitting Swift and then also sitting Justin Jackson. We have uh, Deshaun Watson's return game here for the Cleveland Browns going up against his former team, the Houston Texans. For the uh, Browns here, Nick Chubb, just a smash play. You could probably make the argument that he is like the top running back this week with this matchup here against the Texans. 
I think Kareem Hunt is someone who could become viable with Deshaun Watson back. You know, I've talked about this. Maybe that reignites him. For me, this could be a good matchup. Kareem Hunt has just been so miserable for fantasy. I'm just not ready to throw him in there, even though, you know, we do have some solid things lining up here. So starting Nick Chubb, sitting Kareem Hunt, but would be expecting better things out of Kareem Hunt moving forward. For the Texans, we have Damian Pierce here, and I'm guessing there's a lot of people out there who are probably pretty concerned with Damian Pierce. He's been brutal over the last two weeks, 3.7 and 4.6 PPR points in those two games. And in the last two weeks, he has 15 total carries and has turned that into 16 yards. Now, I don't think this is a Damian Pierce problem. I don't think Damian Pierce just went out and, you know, somehow forgot to play football. This is clearly just a problem with the Texans offense, the old line. The offense as a whole is terrible, and it's going to be tough for, uh, you know, Pierce to be supported. Now, I do think he could get back on track this week. This is a great matchup against the Browns, who have allowed the second most points per game to the running back position. And the only team that has allowed more is the team they're playing, the Houston Texans. So I still think Damian Pierce is a start, but he's probably more in that mid-tier running back two range, maybe even lower end if it wasn't a great matchup. Whereas early on, he was like a locked and loaded potential top 12 guy. Definitely not there anymore, but someone who I do think you can, uh, you know, put back into your lineup with, you know, a certain amount of confidence. In this next game, we have the Jets taking on the Vikings. And this Jets backfield is really all over the place. So we find out on Sunday that James Robinson is a healthy scratch. Definitely a surprise. And then we see the Jets go out and basically operate with a three-man committee with uh, Michael Carter, um, Zonovan Knight, I think it's Zonovan, uh, Bam Knight, and uh, Ty Johnson. We saw Ty Johnson take the third down work, probably would be expected with that split. And then we see Carter and Knight on the early downs. Then uh, Carter goes down, dealing with an ankle injury. Knight takes over like the full uh, early down work there. I think really regardless of Michael Carter's injury status for this game, I think it's going to be a gross committee. If Carter plays, him and Knight are probably going to be splitting the early down work and then Ty Johnson with the third downs. If Michael Carter is out, I think you just have James Robinson active and J-Rob and Knight will be splitting the early down work. So just not a uh, you know matchup here or a backfield that I want to be looking at for fantasy. I think a guy like uh, Zonovan Knight is rosterable, but definitely not someone that I want to be throwing out there. He's going to have to prove that, you know, he's going to build on that role moving forward. On the other side with the Vikings, Delvin Cook coming off a down game, I believe on Thanksgiving, Um, someone who I do think will still be a strong start moving forward, fringe running back one play. Then we have the Commanders taking on the Giants and the Commanders backfield. There's been a lot of shifts throughout the season. And I think we may have seen a new one uh, here in week 12. Brian Robinson came out, was dominant on the ground, 18 carries, 105 yards. That was in comparison to Antonio Gibson's nine carries for 32 yards. Both of these guys were also targeted three times. Brian Robinson added a receiving touchdown where he just absolutely lit a dude up to get into the end zone. So I do think Antonio Gibson will still be the uh, clear-cut pass-catching back, but we kind of had fallen into this spot where the workload on the ground was pretty similar between B-Rob and Antonio Gibson. And then Gibson getting the uh, receiving work kind of gave him the bump over Brian Robinson. It looks like B-Rob may have carved out a larger role on the ground, which I think makes both of these players fringe options moving forward. Because even though they were both targeted three times, Antonio Gibson is still you know leading significantly in the routes run category. So it's kind of just like a weird way the game played out. 
On the other side with the Giants, we have Saquon Barkley. Not a ton to say here. If you have him on your roster, he's obviously going to be in your lineup. So definitely a start for Saquon. That leads us into the Titans taking on the Eagles. For the Titans, I mean, same thing with what I said about Derrick Henry or with what I said about Saquon Barkley. Derrick Henry is definitely a start. And then for the Eagles, I talked about Miles Sanders as a potential sell-high player after his big game on Sunday Night Football. Even with all that said, I still think he's going to be a strong start moving forward, a solid running back too, and then uh, sitting his backup slash handcuff, Kenneth Gainwell. In the next matchup, we have the Seahawks taking on the Rams. For the Seahawks, we're going to continue to fire up Kenneth Walker as a running back one, coming off of an inefficient day, but he did get into the end zone twice. Rams, you know, tough defense, dealing with a lot of injuries. I think Aaron Donald's banged up. I think Kenneth Walker will have a fine day here as an RB1. For the Rams, this is kind of an interesting backfield, but I don't know if it's really going to yield much for fantasy. We kind of saw Kyron Williams come in here and take over the backfield. I guess we could call it that. He had a 70% snap share. He outcarried Cam Akers 11 to 8, and then he had a 72% route participation. I think that's probably the uh, notable number here. I still think he's probably unstartable given the current state of this Rams offense. I will say if we get Matthew Stafford back, uh, he's dealing with, you know, the two concussions in close to -to back-to-back weeks. If we get Stafford back, I think that's definitely better news for Kyron Williams. The problem is, you know, with a a more mobile quarterback, with the guy they're rolling with now, it's not going to lead to a ton of checkdowns, which is where the value would be here for Kyron Williams because it's clearly not going to be through touchdowns and he hasn't necessarily separated himself in the carries department. So he's going to need to produce for you as a pass catcher. And I just don't know if it's going to be happening, you know, within the next few weeks, unless Matthew Stafford is back. In the next game, we have the Dolphins taking on the 49ers. This is probably one of the most exciting games of the week, uh, if not the next one I'm talking about. So starting it off here with the Dolphins, you guys know I'm a big fan of Jeff Wilson. I really like his role. I've talked about him as a buy low. I think he's a locked in start. If Raheem Mostert is back, he will be a sit for me. On the other side with the 49ers, a lot of injury news on this uh, 49ers backfield. Unfortunately, we saw uh, Elijah Mitchell suffer another injury. Seems like he's going to be out six to eight weeks. We also have Christian McCaffrey who is dealing with, I believe it was quoted as like knee irritation. So you always hear, you know, the Christian McCaffrey injury, you got to get a little concerned. I think, you know, Christian McCaffrey at 50%, Christian McCaffrey, 50% snap share. That's still someone that you're going to be starting in your lineup. So, you know, he may not have that high end running back one right now, but I do think, you know, he's someone you are definitely still rostering. And then for the uh, sits, I have Ty Davis Price here and Jordan Mason. I reference this game as also being probably one of the best ones of the week, the Chiefs taking on the Bengals. For the Chiefs, I have Isaiah Pacheco as a fringe option, got into the end zone, had a very large workload on the ground. This is probably going to be a different game script here against the Bengals, but someone who I do still think is like in that running back three territory and then sitting the uh, pass catching back, Jarek McKinnon. For the Bengals, you can see I have Mixon and Samaje Pirine here. Whatever, guys, the starter, if Mixon is back, you're starting Mixon. If Mixon is out again, you're starting Pirine. Pretty simple there for the Bengals. In the uh, Chargers-Raiders matchup, very simple one here, honestly. Eckler, Josh Jacobs, both high-end running back ones. Josh Jacobs just coming off of an insane game, dominant performance out of him. He's been someone that I've you know been very high on after that crazy stretch he went on early on in the season. So both of those guys locked in starts. 
We've been on a, a pretty hot run here in terms of the running backs, and it continues in the Colts-Cowboys matchup. Jonathan Taylor continue to fire him up as a start for the Cowboys. You know, we've seen this committee between Pollard and Zeke. Pollard's had a big game. Zeke has been decently consistent getting into the end zone. I think both of these guys are going to be operating as probably lower end running back twos week to week, but I definitely think both of these guys are startable. And I do believe that is the uh, Sunday night game there between the Colts and the Cowboys. And then in the final game of the week, Monday night football, we have the Saints taking on the Buccaneers. With the way the Buccaneers and Saints have both looked, and then just the way these games have played out ever since Brady has come over to the Bucs, I feel like this could be a really, really gross game to watch. You know, like I said, the struggling offenses, just the history between these two teams, it could be a rough one. And I'm sure a lot of people out there are going to be concerned about Alvin Kamara. He had that massive like 40 plus point game. It seemed like he had turned a corner. He was getting into the end zone. And then since then, he has just been brutal over the past four weeks. These are his uh, PPR points in those four games, 9.2, 7.5, 12.9, and seven. That is not getting it done for someone who you're expecting to be top 12 running back, if not, you know, mid-tier running back one with high-end running back one ceiling. That is not what we have seen out of Alvin Kamara as of late. Straight up, the Saints offense is terrible. I would really like to see them go to Jameis Winston. Not sure if that's in the cards. I think it would definitely help out Kamara, probably help out, you know, the wide receivers, Olave most notably. So he does seem like an upgrade. Not sure if we're actually going to see it. And you may be thinking like, man, he's been struggling. The offense has looked bad, but you still have him as a start, even in a pretty tough matchup here against the Buccaneers. We know the Bucs are tough against the run, but like I talked about with this game script, we've seen the Saints, you know, get into trouble where they're just not in these super competitive games. For Kamara here, I think even if it's inefficient, I think he's going to have the opportunity to rack up a ton of volume because I don't think the Bucs offense is going to pull away. I think this can be a grinded out game. Kamara is going to be involved as a pass catcher. So you're probably not starting him with like running back one confidence, but I do still think he will be a, you know, mid to high end running back two right now. And then you're hoping the uh, Saints offense can kind of get it together. And then he's a better option rest of season. And then on the other side with the Buccaneers, we saw Rashad White play in his first game without Leonard Fournette, and he just dominated the opportunities and the usage. 90% snap share, 76% route participation, had 14 of the 18 running back carries, saw nine targets. That was a 21% target share. If Lenny misses another game, I mean, Rashad White is a very, very clear start, probably a high-end running back too. He's getting the work on the ground. Brady's targeting him as a pass catcher. If Lenny returns for this game, I still think Rashad White is the better option. And I would list Rashad White as a fringe play and Leonard Fournette as a sit. But, you know, fantasy wise, if we're talking about a ceiling for one of these guys, it would definitely be Rashad White playing without Leonard Fournette. But if Fournette is in, I'd have White as a fringe option sitting Fournette. Just not sure he's going to come back in, take over the starting role. I imagine they keep it with Rashad White. Rashad White probably gets the receiving work. Leonard Fournette, the goal line opportunities. I'd rather take the pass catching work in this Buccaneers offense that has really struggled to score. So that's why I'd go White over Fournette. But that is going to wrap it up for the week 13 running back matchups. As always, if you enjoyed the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Any questions, start sits, waiver wire, trade advice, drop them down below. Go check out the uh, wide receiver start sit that will be posted today also. As always, thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.